Hi, and welcome to Outside the Box, powered by The Feed. This is Brandon Dykstraus, your host, and today's special guest is Steve Nyman of the U.S. Ski Team. How are you, Steve? Doing all right. Doing all right. So we hear that you were, uh, just had a little surgery. Yeah, I just broke my arm in Chile. Went down there, day one, run three, little, little whoop-de-doo slapper, and busted my hand in a couple places and tore some ligaments. So now I'm back home. But I did have a week of no pole skiing, and that's, that was some good training. So, you know, got to focus on the positive. For those of you who don't know, Steve's a World Cup veteran, um, 11 seasons on the World Cup, three downhill wins, 10 downhill podiums. And I would say arguably your best season ever where you podiumed the last four races. In downhill, yeah. In, in downhill. Um, yeah, it was a cool run. I guess I'm still in the middle of it. Hopefully I can keep it rolling. But... uh it gave me a lot of confidence. I usually start the seasons off pretty high, and then it tapers off as they go on. But last year, I started off slow and ended on a high. So uh, figuring out that consistency was a goal of mine. And uh, to shoot for a downhill title, you need that consistency. So we'll see how it goes this year. Steve, you're 6'4", I would say roughly 220 pounds, give or take 10 pounds. Is that about correct? Yep. Um 220, don't want to get below that. I was up to 230 this summer. So, right now, 225, something like that. So, I know it can, it can be really challenging traveling to South America in the summer. You're going down for, I don't know, three to five week blocks. You're trying to maintain the gains that you made over the summer in the gym. Obviously, living Mm -hmm. at elevation 9,000 plus feet. What are you doing, um, both in the gym and in the kitchen? to maintain those gains and possibly even progress during your time at camp? So, as you know, basically, we're done skiing in April. We start drowning training in May. That block from May till August is kind of where you make your gains. That's where you can really change your physique, really build your foundation. Once you start skiing, it's all about maintenance. There's really not a lot of change that's going to occur. So, when you're at camps, a lot of it is just lighter lighter lifting maintaining that strength uh maintaining that coordination and and not overdoing it because skiing's so taxing on you already you're you're out there we get out on the hill around 7 15 till about 11 so that's three and a half four hours and that's just tearing you apart and people think oh winter oh you're not sweating oh you're not it's cold you don't need a lot of stuff but you need a lot of hydration and you need a lot of food you're burning constant calories every run you're taking you're facing tons of g-forces vibrations when you get to this anaerobic state constantly feeding yourself is critical and uh super important especially when you're done with training you have kind of like a half an hour to an hour window to really get high quality foods in your body to we replenish that uh, glycogen, basically your ATP stores. Yeah, it's a game you got to always constantly play. And do you have much like, uh, I know you have a warm-up routine every day. Do you have a nutritional strategy for when you're on the hill, hour one, hour two, uh, coming off the hill? And if so, what are, what are your favorite things to consume? So I I get on the hill, I pack a lot of bars. Uh, this year, I actually got a new sponsor, Cliff Bar, and they're great. I really am proud of the sponsor. 
actually believes in what I believe in and they're healthy. They focus on organic, they focus on nature and sustaining our planet. So that's something that I'm happy to be a part of. I I usually drink three big water bottles while I'm out on the hill. And so I get the drink mix there and uh, I'll pound that down. I'm, I usually run out of water before I'm done training. And then I'll probably go through two to three bars. I love a classic cliff bar, but the new thing right now that I really, really like is the new nut butter bar. I think delicious. I don't know if you've had any of that, but I feel like it gives you the good fats that you need. I think that's critical, especially in the winter and what we, in the environment we're in, the fats are super good at just sustaining energy throughout the day. And then obviously you have the sugars in those bars and uh, the good proteins. So lots of hydration. And then once I get off the hill, just pounding some of the protein mix and, and getting a lot of calories in as quick as possible. You know, I, I've come across a lot of these younger athletes who are maybe taking their first trip to Europe or their first trip to South America. They're not as acclimatized with the food. Can you give any recommendations on going to a new venue, going to a new country, um, kind of that sure thing that you always have in your pocket to make sure you're covered in case in case they don't have what you need from a nutritional standpoint. That's where bars like Cliff Bar come into play. Traveling to anywhere like South America or New Zealand, having the foods that you're comfortable with on the hill is super, super important. And then for me, off the hill, it's I, I don't really like having a lot of pre-mixed stuff. I like having stuff that's natural uh, and going to the grocery store, finding those fruits, those vegetables, the eggs, the meat, and, and cooking it a lot myself because uh, going out to restaurants, not knowing what gets into my body is uh, is something that I fear. <laughs> so it's important to have uh, the good stuff. And, and I feel like uh, you can't beat what nature provides you, you know? So 34 years old, Steve, how long do you think you want to continue ski racing? And have we seen the best of Steve, Steven Nyman yet? That question's starting to arise from a lot of people, but I mean, Bodie, he's coming back this year and he's 38. I actually think he just turned 39. Um, for me, I feel younger than I've ever felt. I feel, uh, capable and my fitness is great but i think the the biggest thing is also my understanding of the sport my understanding of what is required is better than ever and so i feel like i have several more years left in me um i feel like i have a couple pushes towards downhill titles hopefully i can attain that no american man has ever done that so that's a big thing to try and tackle but i feel like it's possible so i don't know I, I, I feel young, man. You put pressure on me right now. No, no, we're uh, we're big fans, and last year was just so fun to watch. And we hope hope you can keep it rolling and even build on the successes that you had last season. Coming into 2017, what would be your dream season? It's kind of funny. This is a it's being set up that way. Um, I feel like I. I finished last season on such a high. Uh, I have a lot of confidence. I've been skiing pretty well. The summer's been great. We've had amazing training in La Parva, Chile, and in Portillo. Um, 
I've dialed in a lot of equipment. Fisher has a lot of new stuff that that I've been testing and the sound has been even better than the stuff I was on previously. So I feel like I have even more advantage. Um, but the cool thing is World Cup Finals is in Aspen, Colorado. And if I set myself up right and if I am a contender for the downhill title or have already wrapped it up, to do that on home soil in Aspen would be kind of the, the dream ending to that season. So uh, it's a big year for US ski racing. We have races in Killington for the women, Squaw for the women, and Aspen. And we also have the Beaver Creek races in December for us men and finals in Aspen. So there's a lot on the World Cup tour that's going to happen in the U.S. and also the typical World Cup tour that occurs in Europe. So I'm I'm pretty fired up and world champs in St. Moritz. So I performed on that course in World Cup finals last year. I was second by eight hundredths to that Bayot voice who always seems to sneak <laughs> a couple hundreds ahead of me. <laughs> so hopefully I can have a little redemption and uh do do better there. So not to put you on the spot um, but our, I'm sure our young listeners would love to hear your thoughts on this. Looking over your World Cup history, obviously last season was a huge success, breakout season. Um, four podiums in a row to end the season, six overall in the downhill standings. Can you explain going into two world championship years and an Olympic year? Um, obviously, your best world championship result prior was a fourth and downhill at Beaver Creek. Um, but your Olympic results and world championship results haven't lived up to what you've been able to do on the world cup. Do you have a strategy to perform at that level? My strategy, maybe it's not working too well, but <laughs> it's to treat it like any other race. I, obviously you have to know, and you have to consciously prepare that it's going to be a bigger stage. There's going to be more media. There's going to be more demand, but it's, it's the same thing. It's just skiing. And my excuse is I actually just really wasn't in form those years. Uh, the Olympic year I had issues, Torino, I was actually on point, but it was my first year on the World Cup and I went into the downhill. I qualified in third and I was like really fired up for the race and I just totally psyched myself out. <laughs> and that's where I kind of shift my mentality. It's like, no, this is just like any other race. You don't need to try harder. You don't need to do anything more to ski how you know how to ski so if you maintain that kind of mentality i think things will come out great but the biggest part is just preparing yourself and that comes into play now it comes into play all summer long where you're building your body physically where you're creating this this unit to compete with and if you don't do that properly you really can't save yourself in the winter. You can hope for some random flashes in the pan results, but there's not going to be consistency and you're not going to be ranked that well. So that's the thing I've learned in my old age is, is preparation and preparing intelligently. Um, I've always been fit and I've always been a hard worker, but I was never the smartest worker. And that's what's changed in the past four years. And that's why I've had those consistent results over these years is, is I've worked on developing certain skills and I've worked on uh, my approach to 
race day and, and what little things I tear apart? What are the little things that I need to improve upon? And how can I improve upon those in the summer and prepare myself to put in the work once the snow is ready for us to train on and, and get all of that stuff done efficiently and not be playing catch up once I get onto the snow. So hypothetical for you, you're starting bid 19. It's world championship downhill St. Moritz. Axel's just gone down. The crowd is cheering. You know he's moved into first place. The starter pulls you out of the gate. There's a wind hold. Coaches radio up. Hey, Steve's got to get out of his bindings. It's going to be a while. You're out of your skis for five minutes. What goes through your head? How do you stay in the moment? That's when you got to play with yourself. It's like you got to full on <laughs> whisper to the wind. You got to talk to the the forces that are around you. You got to fall on <laughs> shift your game like that. <laughs> uh, some, those are, those are the tough races when weather actually affects the outcome. That's tough. And, but that's ski racing. And that's what's hard about these world championship events or the Olympics. It's one day. And that's why I'm aiming for that title. The season ending title is kind of the, the crown in ski racing that tells you that you are the most consistent, the best throughout the seasons. If you can continually have those top end results and you can wrap that title by the end of the year, that's, that, that would be kind of the, the dream. So, uh, to answer your question, you just focus on what you have to do. That's it. Like you just have to sit there and review the course in your head and hit your spots and then know, okay, if it's windy, aerodynamics, 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 like fight for your talk wherever you can. Um, I know that I'm a big boy. I know I'm 220, 230 pounds. So that's an advantage when the wind comes up, but hope for the best and do what you can do and see where you end up basically. So last question for you, life after ski racing, obviously the feed we have a lot of endurance junkies, a lot of, a lot of cyclists, runners, triathletes, um, that we, that we cater to currently. Um, you know, I've, I've seen and heard of the legend of Steve Nyman on a bicycle. Uh, any <laughs> chance that we'll be seeing you switch over to the endurance side of competitive sports after your ski career is over? I can't wait to crush the Clydesdale division when I'm done. (laughs) 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 I, uh, I I love biking and I love endurance events and I love hiking and climbing mountains, but I think there's a lot of correlation there. And that's a lot of our training when we're for ski racing is, is logging those hours every basically six days a week. I'm doing anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours on a bike or hiking. So, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Strava, check out what I do, but, uh, all of that really pays off on the mountain, even though it's such a quick event, ski racing, it's two minutes of jetting down the hill. You're out there in the elements for four or five, six hours, and you're actually getting beat down. So it's super important to, uh, stay hydrated and have that nutrition and, keep taking in those calories if you want to perform at a high level, just like any endurance event is. So um, I, I feel like a lot of those runners or bikers, a lot of them ski and a lot of them like right now, back country touring, all that stuff. We have similar worlds and I can correlate with this group. So yeah, man, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, thank you so much for your time. We wish you the best this season. Like a fine wine, you're only getting better with age, and uh, we hope there are two more Olympic cycles in you, and you can count on us to carry all the way to the gold. Right on. Thanks, Brandon. All right. Have a great day, Stephen.